This is Bite Size History with the Saints. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This is Bite Size History with the Saints. Hi everyone, it's Megan. And it's Bradley here again. So this week we're going to talk about the recipe that we made yesterday. So we ended up for Brazil making kind of a simplistic pumpkin soup. Very, very simplistic. (laughs) One thing to note, uh, pumpkin soup is actually pretty popular in Brazil. They have a uh, modern dish where it has like shrimp and additional vegetables in it. And so we really kind of skinnied that down to make it appropriate for the time period. Yeah. And, you know. We wanted to make a vegetarian meal. We made a vegetarian meal. Actually, it's a vegan meal. Yeah. We went even further. There we go then. Yeah, we, we often don't get to make those, um, mostly because a lot of times meat is a huge component in older recipes. Well, I mean, meat is something that when we got a hold of it, it was a great thing to have. And, you know, yeah, meat was prevalent, but it wasn't as prevalent as it is today. Exactly. So... Getting meat and putting it into a dish was an amazing thing. And, you know, still is to this day. The fact that we can just go to the store and buy whatever meat we want, whatever we want. I mean, not so much now, mm-hmm. thanks to uh, food prices going up. But it's still a incredible thing. Yeah, and some of those kind of things, like I, I remember joking a while back that basically I think everyone would be vegetarian if they had to go hunt their own food. Um, I think the idea of having to go out and do it with a bow and arrow would really make you question, are you really wanting that deer? Well, yeah, you want that calorie. Yeah. Uh, that's the only reason that you well, would do it. we hunted meat because, you know, it was calorie dense and it actually did help largely with our development as a species. True. You Yeah, that is part of the brain development for early. Yeah. Early life. But no, that calorie bonus, you know, yes, eating nuts and berries is great and all. But you have to take in so much more of that 
And when you're having to gather, there's only so much you have. But meat tends to wander in large groups. Yeah. And if you can take in, you know, just get one, that's enough calories to last you guys for a few weeks. Exactly. And so it's it's one of those kind of things like we try to have more variety that be more accurate. Um, and like with this dish, we had talked about throwing shrimp into it to make it more like what the modern Brazilian dish is. But we decided let's keep it vegetarian and vegan. Yeah. And we regret that. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. We it was a, it was pretty small of a dinner but also hearty at the same time if that makes sense yeah for me it was like eating oatmeal where i eat it i'm full for like 20 minutes and then i'm starving again so it wasn't very filling for me at least yeah like i i actually really enjoyed it but i have a smaller appetite partially because i'm half his size yeah and the other major turnoff for it was it Tasted a little like baby food. It looked like baby food. That's for me was the bigger. Yeah, I mean, it was just mashed up pumpkin and coconut water. <laughs> so when you say those two things and you put them together, you don't expect it to be appetizing. And it wasn't exactly appetizing, but it didn't taste bad either. No. It was kind of plain. It was definitely the base to something. Yeah. It could have had vegetables and shrimp and that would have made it better. Yeah, I think that if we had a little bit more vegetables that we could have thrown into it and made it more of a stew. Yeah. Then I think it would have been much better and more flavorful. I didn't use she put some of the Tabasco into it. I didn't use any extra Tabasco because I know that I wouldn't be able to handle that. But it didn't definitely need extra. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely, by itself, it really kind of had no flavor. So I, I added way more Tabasco because that's the kind of person I am. Um, <laughs> but we, we've talked about before the unappealingness of some of the food. Um, early on, when I had made like a red lentil stew for, I think, our first recipe for the uh, Mesopotamian, I pureed it because just lentils looks disgusting. It looks like someone threw up into it. And that happened again when we made um, the ancient Greek dinner, or, you know, this Persian, where we had stewed lentils, and it, it looked disgusting by itself. But see, that's the thing, is that at the end of the day, when we were eating these recipes back when, it was a source of calories. It was a way to get to the next day. Exactly. And because we we're inundated with so many different options of food today... That if you don't like the way something looks, you don't have to eat it. But that wasn't always the case. And it's not always the case for everybody out there. Sometimes this is all you have. No ancient world Instagram photos of food. <laughs> no. And that's the thing is that when you're just eating this purely for calorie intake, it doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter what it tastes like. It just has to take and nourish you. And nowadays we don't think much about that because, you know, you can buy Oreos and you're going to get calories from them. You're not going to get everything else you need from them, but you're going to get calories. Yeah. And that's kind of one of the huge things about it is like the big part of this journey is finding out what foods nourished people for that time period, regardless of like what we think in modern ways is like appealing, like not just appearance, but also flavors, storage methods. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's there's a lot of different things. That is one thing that I don't think that we are going to do anytime soon. It's like preparing these so that 
they could be uh, shelf stable for a little bit. Partially, one, we don't have the setup for it. And two, I don't know if Megan's kidney can actually handle that. <laughs> be so much salt. So much salt. But the one thing I do have to say about the dish that I actually really enjoyed was I don't usually eat soups or any liquid, really. Um, if, if it has to go onto a spoon, I tend to avoid it. And that's because I have an essential tremor. But this was so thick that it just stayed on the spoon. And when I think, like, think baby food thick. So it just sat. And it was actually kind of nice because I was able to eat a soup. Yeah. And it, it felt good. Yeah. So I gave it a little bit higher than I normally would. Only because, you know, I felt accomplished actually being able to eat something. Yeah, if you're looking for you know, a meal that is accessibility friendly, you know, you know somebody that has Parkinson's essential tremor, some form of a tremor, and they can't afford to purchase that amazing $300 spoon, then yeah, this is a great way to, you know, let them feel like... Uh, I don't want to say normal because I feel normal. I am normal. Yeah. But... It's it was nice. It felt good. Yeah, because it's it's one of those kind of things that like I try when we were making these meals to fit all of our accessibility things because like I have a kidney issue, so I have to have less sodium in food. He has his tremor, so I try to avoid dishes where it would make him feel not accessible while trying to eat them. Yeah, most of the time, if it's a soup, I just have to pick the bowl up and drink from the bowl. And I don't like that because why am I doing that? It's, it's a personal thing for me. And, you know, being able to use a spoon, it, it was nice. It's the first time I've used a spoon in a very long while. And one day, maybe I'll be able to afford that $300 spoon. Someday. We'll see if our insurance will cover it. I doubt it. They probably won't. <laughs> they don't cover anything worthwhile. No, they don't. So then talking about the ingredients, um, one of the things that came up while I was doing the research for this, so pumpkins grow in Brazil. Now, the pumpkins that do are not the pumpkins we think about. And this is mostly due to, again, what we've talked about a thousand times before, selective breeding. The pumpkin that we kind of think more of today actually has its origins in Mexico. And this is where we domesticated it about 10,000 years ago. And what Brazil would have had would have still been more of the wild pumpkins. They would have been smaller. They would have been very seasonal. Someone had to go out and find them. And that's the assumption we went with this. But we still used a pumpkin puree because I don't think I can get wild pumpkin puree anywhere. No, and that's the thing is if we were doing this, you know, in October, then getting smaller pumpkins and making it ourselves would have been a lot easier but pumpkins are well out of season now. <laughs> and the shelf-stable cans are there. So we kind of cheesed it in a little essence in that way. It's still the same uh, feeling. You know, you're still eating pumpkin. But yeah, we did cheese it. Yeah. And one of the big things we did is made sure that it was just pumpkin. Because a lot of times with these canned goods, there are preservatives in them like coconut milk with uh, guar gum. Um, so we just made sure we bought just 100% pumpkin. Yeah. Um, 
So moving on to coconuts then. We made coconut milk again to do this. Yeah, but coconut milk's so easy to make. It is. It just, it can be kind of hot in an extra step, but it, it does go really quickly. Yeah, I mean, put some water on, boil it, put some shredded coconut to a cheesecloth, soak squeeze. it, squeeze, and you got coconut water. And It's milk, not water. Water's oh, the water's the inside of it. Yeah. You got coconut milk. <laughs> there you go. So, I know, it's kind of weird thinking of uh, milk from a coconut. I've got nipples. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how we lose advertising. Yeah. But, um... You're going to have to edit that part out, aren't you? <laughs> no, it should be fine. Um, but I think the big thing with coconuts, and it's just, this is something we've brought before, pumpkins... <laughs> Coconuts. Coconuts migrate. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. And a sense that... You know, I mean, when you have the air-laden velocity of a swallow, you know, it it can pick up coconuts. (laughs) (laughs) But in truth, coconuts are notorious for landing in oceans... And going to places and still being able to seed and grow a palm tree. Yep. So this is kind of the thing with coconuts. We find them kind of everywhere on a coast. Yeah. Just simply because that's how they show up. And that gave us that option with Brazil. So it's one of those kind of things that's like, it's nice to have because it's an alternative. And, you know, the (laughs) closest thing to cows that we had in the Americas weren't down in South America during this point, so. Yeah. I mean, you know, buffalo were... Could you imagine milking a buffalo back then? Not now. I couldn't imagine getting that close to a buffalo to try to milk it. (laughs) I don't... I know there's somebody out there that's had to have tried it. And they probably regretted the decision almost immediately. They're not alive to tell you the story. I was going to say. But, yeah, no. A American bison. No, I don't even want to think of that. No, that'd be so bad. <laughs> but, yeah. Now, we, we talked about using uh, tapir. Uh, it's kind of pig-like, but it's not pig. And you can't get a hold of it. <laughs> yeah. As, as I mentioned in the blog, but also we talked about last week, we run into this thing every time when we're working on different cultures. Sometimes you cannot get items from that country due to it's now extinct or it's endangered or it's now unethical to eat it. Yep. And we kind of just have to work around that. Yeah. And the same thing goes with a lot of the food, like plant-based foods as well. Mm-hmm. 
is as time has gone on, we've started to realize that maybe some of these plants that we've transplanted aren't great for the environments that they're in, meaning that they tend to, you know, kill off other species of plant that are actually vital to the area. So it's kind of a, it's, it's a difficulty that we work around. And at the end of the day, it would be nice just to be able to sit there and go, oh, all right, I'm going to get on a plane and I'm going to head to Mexico and we're going to actually use ingredients directly from Mexico. Maybe someday we had that Gordon Ramsay money. Oh, man. <laughs> I got that Gordon Ramsay money. I don't know what I'll do. <laughs> be flying to Mexico for ingredients. Flying to Mexico for ingredients. Uh, so speaking of Mexico, one of the things that, you know, gosh, it's it's always the fun part about doing this and especially with like the species that have been evolved over time when we started working on peppers i got really excited for brazil because that's where we can basically consider the origin of the pepper brazil is famous for this type of pepper called the malagueta and it is often used in portuguese cooking now well the interesting part about this pepper is it's very common it can be used in a lot of different things however it has been crossbred into various species around the world. One of them specifically being the Tabasco pepper, which is where we get Tabasco sauce from. Now, this is usually the part where Brad would, you know, call out that no, Tabasco peppers were not cultivated until the 1840s. And then one, it's not even the same region. So therefore I have done something wrong, except these have the very, very similar profile. However, still wrong. It is still wrong, <laughs> and I should have gotten a sauce made from that specific pepper. So, what have we learned? Megan doesn't do enough research. I did quite a bit. <laughs> so this is the worst part. When you when you look it up, it took me a while to actually find this, because even when you look it up, they say Tabasco peppers are these peppers, but they're not. <laughs> no, that's the problem, is that we will market things one way because that's the way people expect them to be marketed. And oftentimes when it comes to food, especially food that we have crossbred and have long since gotten rid of the original version of it, we will still call it that original name. And, you know. Like banana? Well, bananas are still bananas. Yeah, they're just radically different. Yeah, but what I'm talking out. about is like, you know, a chili pepper. Yeah. We still call pretty much any pepper a chili pepper. Yeah, I'm definitely, I definitely am thinking about doing some future shorts talking about um, the origins of chili peppers and like how they spread around the world because it's kind of fascinating that the idea that just a few in, um, initial species have now become thousands of different variations that grow all, all around the world in different ways. It's, I think the chili pepper by itself is its own <laughs> amazing topic. Yeah, people love spice and... You know, we actually evolved to enjoy that spice, some of us. <laughs> I have not evolved that far yet. He can barely handle pepper. Yeah. But when we came across it, uh, when the Europeans, what I mean, came across it and they brought it back, you know, it quickly spread across Europe and Asia. And it's because people love spice. I don't know why. <laughs> I honestly don't understand what all the hubbub is about it. But you know what? I'm not going to judge you for liking your spices. 
Well, like all things, once those chilies were planted in a different soil in a different region with different climates, they grew differently. Yeah, it's like coffee in that aspect. Exactly. Where, you know, coffee, I believe it was Ethiopia, mm-hmm. is where it originated at. And, you know, now you get Peruvian blends, Chilean blends, I mean, a lot of South American blends. And it's because, you know, growing them at certain heights and altitudes and all that and how much sunlight they get affects the flavor. And same way with chili peppers. Exactly. And so it's 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 kind of cool, honestly. Um, I feel like that part, even though I technically led us astray, it gave Again. me <laughs> it gave me an amazing starting point for more information in the future. And that's the thing. We we occasionally talk about going back to some of these dishes. And so it's like, I plan on making this soup again and I plan on using the right sauce and throwing some shrimp in there and making it a bit more fun yeah that's the thing is i think that once this is all said and done we might take and do a redo of some of the less light recipes (laughs) and see if we can't still keep them as original as a possible but taking the knowledge that we have learned over the time of doing this and redoing the recipe and maybe salvaging that recipe maybe like some the, of them i don't think will ever get salvaged i, I don't think the dandan dan noodles can ever be saved no. that was that was bad yeah no <laughs> but that's only because modern dandan dan noodles have a whole lot of different stuff in them that wouldn't have existed yeah but that's the thing is that we've learned a lot doing this we're still learning a lot yeah and we may just be able to go back and redo some of them which is going to be fun and that's something we're really looking forward to yeah so with that um for the rest of this week we're going to be working on figuring out what the dessert is going to be um we do have some fun ingredients that we have options to use like pineapples honey ground nuts which as we specified are (laughs) peanuts um and vanilla yeah so we're gonna have to think through what our i wonder what peanuts soaked in vanilla would taste like that's a good question uh-huh. That's something we might check into. Yeah. So yeah, with the uh, knowledge that we might be soaking peanuts in vanilla, I think we might as well just wrap it up today. You know, it's got nothing else to talk about. Yeah, I was going to say, this is a pretty small week. This is always the joys of right after the recipe week. Um, we're going to have to start planning out for the next region because since, again, we ran into that issue with access to ingredients for Brazil, we might just have to keep moving on. Yeah. And, you know... Good chance that when we hit North America, we may just spend like two months in North America. I doubt it. (laughs) But we'll have so many ingredients that we can have access to that we just might get overwhelmed and decide to skip North America. We're just going to put everything and cover everything in maple syrup. Oh. (laughs) I think we have a maple tree in the backyard. I might just go out and tap it. Oh, God. Especially with how expensive maple syrup is now. Yeah, it was... For some reason. We live in Canada. I know, a little tyrant right quick, and I'm sorry we said we were wrapping it up, but we live in Canada. We live in Canada. Why is maple syrup so expensive? It was almost 20 bucks. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, I understand that, you know, it's a time-intensive process and whatnot. But then don't pride yourself as a country on this one product. Like being from Kansas and having to pay like 20 bucks for a loaf of bread. Or just like being from Kansas and sitting there going, well, you know, I went down to the uh, 
local uh, barbecue joint and uh, it cost me $190 just for this rack of ribs. <laughs> no, that's not the way this works. No. I don't know what's wrong with you, Canada, but you need to figure it out. Figure <laughs> it out. Don't pride yourself on being the maple syrup capital of the world. If you're then going to sit there and go, well, um, we're going to charge you an arm and a leg for it. No. No. <laughs> Subsidize it. I don't care. Brad's like, I will not get my citizenship until maple prices go down. I mean, everybody's got a maple tree in their yard. <laughs> I don't know why we don't just sit there and the Canadian government, when you move into a place, doesn't just sit there and go, here, this is to tap the maple tree to get all the maple you want. Welcome to Canada. <laughs> Sorry. We'll end the episode now. So with that, we hope you guys have a fantastic week. And uh, check out the Patreon for the bonus recipe and uh, the ad-free version of the podcast. So, yeah. Well, thank you guys. Thanks. Bye, guys. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 